the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show, the best day of the week because I am back, babies. And that is Monday, TGIM. We need to make that start trending, right? Thank God it's Monday because I get to be back with you guys from 6 to 8 p.m. T here. Uh, uh, 6 to 8 p.m. right here in the Answer San Diego, FM 96.1 in North County and streaming all over the world. I got somebody making faces at me through their radio booth. Well, come on, coming into work tonight's got to at least be better than the weather we had here over this weekend. I mean, it, it, it stunk worse than... Um, some rope for cheese, in my opinion. 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. If you want to call in the show, I'm going to give you a topic you might want to call in on in a momento. Uh, you can always email me as well. I love getting emails from you guys throughout the show, over the weekend, 24 hours a day. AndreaKshow.com. AndreaKshow.com. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight. Much to get into tonight. Carrie Lake has revealed she has dropped her lawsuit. Dropped in the sense of, like, dropped it like it's hot. She didn't like abandon it. So she has filed her lawsuit in Arizona and what she has to say should shock the conscience of everybody. We're going to share that with you because you know what? Everybody's talking about the Twitter files tonight, but we're going to we're going to lead off tonight's story about the election theft that took place in the state of Arizona because nothing matters going forward in this country if we don't secure our elections. So we're going to talk about that. Elon Musk, he revealed his new pronouns today. Very, very interesting. But does it really reveal anything about him? We're going to share that with you guys. Uh, Fraud Fauci back in the news, uh, continuing to justify the lockdowns. Those topics and more. We actually have a Navy SEAL who revealed his pronouns that suddenly became her or she. Now he's back like five minutes later saying, whoops, I'm detransitioning, and he's blaming the Department of Defense. And this is a story we've got to be paying attention to tonight on the Andrea K. Show, 888-344-1170. I got to bring in my man, my Padna. I no need to ask him what his pronouns are. I think his pronouns might be DJ Potato Skins. And nowhere in the world ever did anybody uh, other than you say TGIM. I can't even say it. TGIM. TGIM. Thank goodness it is Monday. Um, Okay. Um, Are you guys no longer concerned about election fraud? 
I mean, does it still weigh on your minds? Where are we at, Skins, with election fraud? Because Carrie Lake seems to be the only one right now that's continuing to carry the banner of the election fraud. Now, look, I get it. We're going to get into the Twitter files in a moment because there's so many different assaults on our elections. And one of the biggest assaults we have on our elections that we're going to get into when we give you guys an update on what's going on in Twitter is that the United States government partnered in the very definition of fascism, partnered with a private company in order to suppress and oppress the American people for the very specific purpose of controlling the outcome of elections. Quite frankly, there should have already been people prosecuting because we've already known this was going on. Now we have the absolute evidence. And by the way, it involves, as somebody pointed out today, I don't remember who, it it, it involves really the Trump administration and people that Trump personally appointed. I've spent a whole lot of time talking about the Republican Party in the last two weeks. We know we've got to clean it out. We know the Republican Party, particularly the leadership, needs an enema if we're going to go forward. But, but there's so many different fronts on this assault on our elections. And, I gotta, and I'm beginning to wonder, Skins, if it's not almost like shock and awe or almost like the Russian collusion hoax, which went on and on and on. And I mentioned this at the time that I was almost concerned that the extent in which there was so many different fronts going back to 2015, 2016, and throughout the Trump administration in which they were launching coup attempts with him using the FBI and the DOJ from crossfire hurricane to the Russian collusion, uh, witch hunt, special prosecutor, special counsel to the Ukrainian whistleblower and, and Hillary with Mark Elias, that it almost became so overwhelmingly bad, so overwhelmingly corrupt and criminal, so overwhelmingly worse than Watergate. The people almost became desensitized to it. And I feel like that's the way it is right now with the elections and that there's not enough people who care anymore because the American people are the type of people that just adjust and adapt and accept. Where do you think America's at? Um, that's a question for you listeners out there. And let me tell you, if we don't, Carrie Lake said today, if we don't fix this and begin with Arizona, we're not going to have a nation left. I don't think anybody seems to care. Well, we might already be there, Andrea, and I think that's why a lot of people don't seem to care. They really feel that their vote, and, and, you know, and that was said kind of cliche in the past, but there's a lot, I think, of overwhelming response from Americans right now saying, why bother? Well, is it 888-344-1170? Is it that people we know in Georgia, people just didn't bother to show up? A lot in Georgia because they said, and Charlie Kirk, I don't know how many emails went out to anybody else, but Charlie Kirk got inundated. I haven't heard this on any other conservative outfit, but he got inundated with emails uh, from voters in Georgia who said they specifically didn't vote because they were going to send a message to the system. And that is the system as in Uniparty and the Republican Party. So I don't know how much of it is that people have just given up and think, you know what, I'm done. Or they don't they don't care anymore because Republican voters, voters in general, Democrats love the theft that's going on in the election attacks on our election integrity from so many different fronts, whether it's Twitter or social media, the courts, um, the you know, the the machines, whatever it is. 
it, it, that it, I'm not sure how much of it is that people have just given up or that people just begun to accept it. The Democrats love it because they're the ones getting the benefit of it and the win. Or if it's just that, you know, the Republicans have bought into the notion that, you know, um, the narrative that's been pushed out lately that um, let's just get in the game and come up with a better ground game, which is a problem for me. It's one thing to say, look, let's get in this. If ballot harvesting is legal in an area, we got to get a ballot harvesting game. But when we're talking about fraud, that should not be accepted in the United States of America. And it is. It should not be accepted. That should never be considered acceptable. And what Carrie Lake has laid out in her lawsuit, she says that there were Hundreds, quote, hundreds of thousands of illegal ballots infected in the uh, election in Maricopa County. She said this was in addition to several tabulation machine issues at some voting centers. Some machines were not reading ballots that were cast. She said these led to a domino chain of confusion and delays at polling stations. It's caused thousands of voters to leave the polls without voting. She said that... um, her, uh, her lawyers attest that Hobbs and Maricopa County election officials actively participated in, quote, unconstitutional government censorship operations where they removed some posts from social media using an election misinformation reporting portal. See, this ties what happened in Arizona right back to the fascistic plan that was going on with the U.S. government cooperating and coordinating with the Democrats to oppress messaging, suppress free speech in this country so they could specifically control the outcome of the elections. Here's what Carrie Lake had to say about this. She said it was intentional wrongdoing that, and that is the only explanation for the widespread election malfeasance. Clip two. I mean, let's face it, election laws and election rules are not, they're not uh, optional. They're not like, well, follow these if you want. They're mandatory and they're put there for a reason, especially as all of these states and counties push toward mail-in ballots. Signature verification and chain of custody are our only security to make sure we're having legal votes counted. We believe there were hundreds of thousands of illegal votes counted, and we believe our lawsuit proves it. Not to mention that one of the biggest and greatest experts when it comes to certification of machines and uh, that type of, of, of background says that the only way for this to have happened was through intentional wrongdoing. They did not certify the machines that were used on election day. And we had printers that were going down in almost 60% of election day voting centers. We had uh, equipment that was malfunctioning. Now put it into scale here. 75% of the people voting on election day we're voting for me. And if you have 60% of the locations where the equipment's not working, that's a big problem. So what they did is in areas where the Democrats were voting, mail-in ballots, they loosened all of the procedures designed to make sure that was secure, to make sure every vote got through, even the illegal ones. And when it came to election day where our people were voting, they made it almost impossible. And for in some cases, they did make it impossible for people to vote. Yeah, it was voter so everything from voter suppression with these bad machines to uh, intentionally co- um, 
corrupting uh, where they combined. Remember, the people went into the polling stations and the machines weren't working. So they said, fill this out here and go drop it behind door number three. And they intentionally then, th- those were uncounted votes that were supposed to be voted later, but yet they were commingled with already counted votes. I mean, on and on and on. There's, uh, there is uh, upwards of hundreds of thousands of votes that came in as mail-in ballots that had no chain of custody. That is, that is illegal ballots. If there's no chain of custody, and this makes me angry. I know I wasn't going to, I was going to lay off the Republican Party, but how many times, going back two years ago, I've had Republicans come on this show and defend absentee ballots and say, oh, well, if, you know, there's a process in place, you know, to verify the chain of custody. Well, you know what? Wake up. Republican Party stop justifying conveniences because part of what happened here was there was no chain of custody for the mail-in ballots. The um, signature verifications for the absentee ballots were an absolute joke, an absolute joke. Don't come on my show anymore as a Republican and ever defend to me an absentee ballot, ever defend to me mail-in ballots. You want to come on my show and talk election integrity. You need to come on here and talk about same-day voting. None of this, oh, oh, the problem is we just don't vote early enough. If we, if a game's being played, if there is laws in place that we can't do anything about, then of course we got to get in there and we got to fight as we got to play the game and be in it to win it. But when we're not, but then what we've got to be doing In states where we have Republican governors, like in Florida, we need to be doing like what Ron DeSantis did. We need to be moving towards same-day voting with ID, paper ballot, end of discussion. So Carrie Lake tweets out today her lawsuit, which is against Maricopa County and its officials, challenging the certification. I don't really hold out a whole lot of hope on this because it would require... A judge who actually cares about the rule of law, who actually cares about the right things happening in the United States of America. And and that includes, um, quote, conservative judges. So she tweet. Here's what's interesting, because we're going to take a break in, in, in a few moments and we're going to we're going to switch over to the Twitter file story. Um, so so um, Carrie Lake tweets out today that uh, about her lawsuit and then she realizes that the ability to retweet it to like or comment on the post was made inoperable so she tweets out um directly to elon musk and says is twitter still suppressing election criticism and news notice how the retweet comment like features um are disabled on the tweet about my election lawsuit at elon musk what's up with this she tweeted yesterday so then he responds Reasonable crit- criticism of elections and judicial challenges are, of course, lawful. That seems to be the case here. Clear incitement to violence will result in suspension and significant deception should result in an at community notes correction. Wrong, Elon Musk. I should be able to tweet out whatever I think about elections all day, every day. And so should, so should Carrie Lake. Who are you? Reasonable criticism of elections. See, this is the problem. Who gets to decide what a reasonable criticism is? Look, I'm glad for some of the stuff that's coming out about about Twitter, but we need to get off of this. Let's glom on. Somebody does one good little thing or, or is approaching doing something good and suddenly they're a hero for us. Not liking his response there. Of course, people are praising this, acting like, wow, this is such a good thing. Before I take a break, I'm going to quickly go to the phones. Uh, Tom from San Diego uh, wants to weigh in on the Carrie Lake lawsuit. Hey, Tom, welcome to the Andrea K. Show. How you doing, Andrea? Listen to you as much as I can. Hey, uh, I'm concerned that uh, they're going to 
say the judge or whoever these, these Arizona judges are say she doesn't have standing. And if I hear that again, it, it's like it's hopeless at that point because they're in on it. And that that's my biggest concern. Ever since that Supreme Court ruling in December 12th, I think it was 2020 or 2021, where the Texas and yeah. those other states uh, went before the Supreme Court mm-hmm. and and 135 House of Rep- and the, the judges said they don't have standing. Are you kidding me? Yeah. First of all, I, I'm not a comma J.D. I'm not an attorney, but that we I'm glad you called in on this because that was such a joke. It was such an insult to the intelligence because you don't have to be an attorney to know. Of course, those states had standing for the fact that the corrupt elections that took place in other states denied their votes. Right. Just like if, if you and I go and vote and some illegal gets to go and vote, they wipe away hours, right? Absolutely. And that would and so and so the idea that there was no standing was ridiculous and particularly because other uh, constitutional attorneys like Alan Dershowitz said that of course there was standing and here that's likely to be their response is to say she doesn't have standing in the fact that she hasn't proven uh, it, it's kind of like a it's like a, a circle of crazy. It's like you need the lawsuit. You need the court to hear the lawsuit in order to be able to present your evidence right to prove because a, a filing do, doesn't pre- provide uh, provide all the evidence. She, so she needs a court to hear this and be willing to um, listen to the evidence. Um, but they're going to say, well, there's no evidence, so we're going to deny you the hearing. That's kind of a lot of what happened, not not just with the Supreme Court in 2020, but other courts. And then the left says, well, no courts would take up the ca- case. So there was no ev- nobody that Trump never presented any proof. So it's a game. It's a game being played with the courts. Well, what I'm worried about is if that keeps going, the Democrats will have a hammerlock on the on the voting process. Yeah. There's an old saying, Republicans uh, won on policy, Democrats win on process. It's gotten to the point now where it's all process, no policy. Right. And this is why they didn't have to have uh, a candidate, why they were able to stand Fetterman up up on a stage who literally cannot finish the sentence and not worry about whether or not he was going to win. This is why Katie Hobbs in Arizona never had to debate. Right. Because, you know, they've got the process down, um, but it's even more than the process. They've got the process in terms of how to have the machine on the ground in terms of dealing with things that are legal in the process. And then they've also got the, the process for rigging down to where they're literally stealing these elections in front of our eyes. And um, and Carrie Lake seems like she's kind of by herself in this. I don't really see the Republican Party in there trying to do anything about we, we it. Gotta, we we got to get a hold of the voter rolls that's where the that's one aspect and clean those up and, and get rid of these phantom votes. We got to get rid of the phantom votes, and then we've also got to get to uh, we've got to uh, we've got to stop supporting mail-in ballots. We've got to stop supporting absentee ballots. That should only be for the military. That's it. You want to take a vacation on uh, on election day? Go bye. But you know you don't get to you don't get to demand a convenience then that leaves our elections open to be stolen. And that's the kind of thing that the Republican Party has embraced. We also need judges who are actually going to have the courage of their convictions if they call themselves constitutionalist and be willing to rule according to the constitution right and stand up for us um, we also need we also need better messaging because we still have americans being thrown in in jail and being kept in jail because they question the outcome of an election so part of the problem too is that we've also got a narrative that americans have glommed onto that now it's somehow criminal if you question the outcome of an election there's so many 
so many ways in which the left is, has gotten control over the process, whether it's the legal process, the rigged system, the culture, the minds. And, um, but we, we've got to join together, and I'm glad you called in, Tom. Thank you. Take care, ma'am. Thank you. All right, going to take a break. We come back. We are going to shift gears and talk about the Twitter files. What's the latest? Elon Musk has announced new pronouns today. That actually did have the left kind of in hysterics. We're going to talk about that when we come back. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So, Twitter files. We've got new uh, Twitter files. Part four has dropped. Um, you can go and, and read between Barry Weiss over on Twitter as well as Matt Taibbi. I don't subscribe to Substack. Um, here's what we know. Let me just give you a little bit of a rundown in terms of uh, some of what has been shown is this latest one has to do with the suppression of uh, and the suspension and permanent ban of, <coughs> excuse me, of Trump. And <clears throat> it also shows um uh, how on January 7, 2021, the day after the Capitol riot, Twitter executives with pressure from guess who? Michael, excuse me, I mean, Michelle Obama created justifications to ban Trump. Did I say that? We're going to get into we're going to get into Musk's pronouns in a little bit later. Um, We've already talked about how they created um, secret blacklist to deamplify Twitter uh, accounts like people like uh, Dan Bongino and Charlie Kirk. Um, That's one thing. Um, Well, it's all bad. It's all bad, right? It's all meant to control the outcome of the elections by suppressing the voices that they know are of influence. I mean, think about this for a moment, by the way. I hate the whole blue check thing. I never applied for a blue check. I resent the idea that some social media site gets to decide who is verified, i.e. whose voices are important. In fact, the conservatives who got a, who went along with that um, were actually a part of the problem. Because if you believe in free speech, you think that everybody's words and everybody's expressions and, and Everybody's right to free speech is as important as everybody else. But who but who was Twitter and who was Twitter suppressing those with the blue checks? Right. Because those conservatives, some of which actually were so big, so powerful that they had to shut them up because of the influence that they had. And who had a greater influence on Twitter than Donald J. Trump? It wasn't Obama. They thought they. Yeah, I I remember doing an interview. I can't remember who the outlet was, and it had to do with Trump's mean tweets. And it was it was after he got elected and it was the Republican Party stupidly trying to uh, stupidly. the and, And now we know it was the uniparty system. It was the establishment under the ex- excuse of Trump's just his, his tweets are just too crass. They're too um, improper. Um, the Republican Party piling on that, you know, he needed to stop tweets and his mean tweeting. And I said at the time that Trump was elected, not in spite of his crass language, in spite of his rough around the edges tweets and him tweeting at three in the morning stuff like Kofefe. Who remembers who remembers the Kofefe? <laughs> to this day, to this day, nobody knows what he meant. Who cared? Right. Trump actually got elected because of his tweets. 
His ability, his tweeting took away the legacy media's uh, ability to control the message and control the outcome of elections. He took it away from them. He was able to go directly to the people in a way that Barack Obama never did. Barack Obama never had the following that Barack Obama got elected because the, the, the legacy media. And of course, I will say, you know, Barack Obama in, in 08, we didn't have the social media like we did when, when Trump ran in 2016. So I guess it's not fair to say that Barack Obama as a candidate, uh, uh, in, including in 2012, didn't have the ability to use social media as a way. Um, but, but Trump got elected because of his ability to reach the people, his influence through Twitter, that he spoke just like the rest of us. And that's why they had to take him down. And so what, part of what was released in this latest installment of the Twitter files was the extent emails in terms of how they were coordinating with each other and communications with each other about how they were violating their own Twitter rules that has to do with... Um, <sighs> They had they had the um, let me see how 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 to explain this here. They have policies in place that had to do at least they did that have to do when you're dealing with a world leader, and that you don't. And the idea was uh, this Twitter rule was is that you don't take down, you don't suppress, you don't ban or shadow ban or suspend the account of a world leader um, unless uh, because it's it's got to be of public interest right i mean it doesn't doesn't it make sense that whatever the the president the leader of the free world the president of the united states has to say is of public interest doesn't that make sense skins yes right so um you know basically in these emails it shows that they they this yale roth guy or whatever his name is, this Yale Roth guy is basically saying, "Look, we've got a we, yeah, we've got this policy that has to do with with not suspending world leaders if it's in a public interest. But basically, we're we're going to we're dropping the public interest policy now." He says, "In this specific case, we're changing our public interest approach for this account." Um. Ultimately, what I see here, including the fact that we now know that there were emails that were revealed between different people in the FBI and the DOJ and the uh, the Director of National Intelligence, the DNI, uh, that there was one email today that included somebody, I believe, from the FBI was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to make one of our meetings. What we're seeing is, uh, and I mentioned this last week, we're seeing what we already knew. We're seeing verification of what we already knew. Crimes being committed. The U.S. government engaging in the the violations of First Amendment rights. Quite frankly, it's an act of treason. It's an act of war against the American people. Here's your real insurrection. We had coup attempt after coup attempt. We had in the summer of 2015, summers of 2015 and 2016, we had the United States government, the Barack Obama uh, administration, and including his vice president, working with the FBI and the intelligence community, lying to to FISA courts in order to, at, at the same time, in conjunction with covering up the crimes of Hillary Clinton, all for the purpose of pre-selecting who our president was going to be in 2016. And then when that didn't work, they set up an insurance policy to launch a coup to remove him from office. 
And then when that didn't work, they set up another coup attempt in the form of the uh, the Ukrainian whistleblower. And then when that didn't work, they stole the election in 2020 and then infiltrated and set up a cover-up of the election theft by falsely accusing Trump and 75 million MAGA people of launching an insurrection. Here and, he, and, and what was going on in 2020, the real insurrection involving the election in 2020 was... Trump's own administration, Christopher Ray, Bill Barr, Ratcliffe, in my opinion, head of uh, director of national I- I- intelligence, all working behind the scenes to control the outcome of an election. Imagine if this was Republicans who were doing this. Well, they claim to be Republicans, right? But if they were but if this was if this was being done to stop a Democrat from winning an election, how many perp walks do you think we would have seen already skins? We saw was Jerome Corsi dragged out of his home at 5 a.m. No, Roger Stone was dragged out of his home. Roger Stone and his blind wife were dragged out of their home at 5 a.m. to do a perp walk in front of CNN cameras. And yet here we've got the United States government. Involved in treason, blatantly, blatantly controlling the outcome of an election by denying people First Amendment rights. And we don't even we don't even have. uh, Do you have any hope that that the Republican House of Representatives is going to because here's the thing, the House of Representatives, they've got subpoena power. And Kevin McCarthy has come out and said that he is going to subpoena all 51 of every one of these weasels. Within all the different branches that were working with social media to control the outcome of an elections, but a subpoena does not get somebody in handcuffs. I also believe it when I see it. A sub- right, a subpoena does not get somebody perp walked at five a.m. like what happened to Paul Manafort. Right? I don't know. You guys, you guys think that anybody's going to do a perp walk? Are we going to see a perp walk of anybody? I'm actually, I'm actually kind of surprised. If Ron DeSantis wants to, um, if if Ron DeSantis wants to take this in 2024 away from Trump, he'll start talking about this, Skins. Because I hadn't heard a word from Ron DeSantis. Am I wrong? Did I miss it? Is there any bigger story? We started by talking about elections. This is this is your insurrection right here. We need the FBI completely dismantled. We need our intelligence community completely dismantled. Did you guys know, it really didn't get a whole lot of play, that the shooter at the gay nightclub in Colorado, first of all, it was revealed that this person was non-binary, so it's not exactly a hate crime against gay people and and LBGTQ. Uh, But I guess what story got very little play last week? The FBI knew who he was going back to 2021. Every time... There's a mass shooter. We find out that it was known. This was somebody who was known to the authorities. And while they're not doing their job to stop these domestic terror attacks or any terror attack from any any individual organization, no, they're they're waging their own act of terror against us by attempting to control the actually controlling the outcome of our elections. Will anything be done about it? That's the question. And if not, we're not going to have a future going forward. Let's take a break. When we come back. 
We're going to continue this discussion. Elon Musk wants somebody prosecuted. You might be interested to find out who it is. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Going to read a few emails that I've gotten uh, from some listeners uh, here. One says, Happy Monday. Yeah, we got another uh, Monday warrior here. Happy Monday. Some small justice, Kathy Aru, known to herself as the liberal Sherpa, got herself arrested. She is one of my top list, most despised persons on earth, scamming her mother. Um, Maybe they'll throw the key away. You know what? I've been holding on to this story. This story is so yummy, so hilarious. I can't wait to talk to you. Actually, I've got our man Gary Quackenbush who's going to be on the show tomorrow night so we can have some fun talking about the liberal Sherpa. (laughs) So, yeah, that's going to be fun talking about her tomorrow night. So you definitely want to tune in for that. Um Frankie emailed uh, that it's happening. Carrie Lake beats the deadline with game-changing move that you'll celebrate. It's a YouTube about her that he sent about her um, her filing her election uh, lawsuit. And then another email, whatever bad you want to say about the one, feel free. It's all fair. So there you have that. All right. Um, Excuse me. My nose is itching. That means I'm going to have company. That's what we think in the South. I'm going to have, who's going to come visit AK? That should be interesting. All right. So um, we talked before the break about the the insurrection and the treason that's taking place in this country with the U.S. government controlling our elections, stealing them away from the people, uh, and, and me questioning whether or not anybody's going to be prosecuted. You know who else should be prosecuted for lying under oath? Jack Dorsey. Here's what he had to say. I believe it was um, sometime back in 2018 about censorship on Twitter. Uh, Please play. I think it was clip two last night. I want to start by making something very clear. We don't consider political viewpoints, perspectives, or party affiliation in any of our policies or enforcement decisions. Period. Impartiality is our guiding principle. Let me explain why. We believe many people use Twitter as a digital public square. They do. They gather from all around the world to see what's happening and have a conversation about what they see. Mm -hmm. Twitter cannot rightly serve as a public square if it's constructed around the personal opinions of its makers. Let's stop right there. And that's exactly what they did. This was during the time, do you guys remember when there was all these committee hearings going on because people like Diamond and Silk and others were not just being shadow banned, not just being throttled down, but they were being completely demonetized. And they, these were social media sites that with the blue check and the verification and all this stuff were really set up. And initially it was about being just a place where people are cheating and chatting. And then it became an opportunity for people to basically set up businesses where they promoted themselves and made money off of it. And at the same time that they were pretending that it was it was an actual good forum for people like Diamond and Silk to make money from it, 
they were taking money because in order to monetize Twitter and Facebook at the time, you actually had to spend money on them. You had to do promoted ads, right? And sponsored ads. You had to spend money at, at, at that time to actually have some of your post be elevated. So they were taking money. So you listen to this guy. What a liar. They were taking money at the same time that they were suppressing speech, controlling opinions, controlling the narratives, control messaging, you control minds. They were taking money from these same people for the purpose of them to build up their, their platforms. But then when somebody got, so, so the, and this is what led to it, because initially it was like, hey, wait a second, I'm spending all this money on these sponsored ads, yet I'm not getting the reach I'm supposed to get. Right? So what's going on here? And then it actually led to people getting banned and being completely demonetized. This was the original social credit score issue, if you think about it, because it, what is social credit scores? I'll get back to Jack Dorsey in a moment. But what are social credit scores? It's where it's where you're hurt financially if you don't if, if you're not spewing whatever line the government wants you to take. Diamond and Silk were one of the people that, that went before Congress and said, look, and Twitter and Facebook were, were both in it at the same time, part of the problem for them. They said, look, you know, we, we use their platforms in good faith. We gave them money. We built our entire branding and presence based upon our social media accounts. And now we've been shadow banned, throttled down, or, or, or in the case of like a Laura Loomer, completely demonetized. So here's Jack Dorsey. Now we know that everything he said, it's been verified, we've known for a while, that everything he said there was a lie. Why has he not been prosecuted? Skins, was, was there not a baseball player that came before Congress, volunteered to go before Congress and talk about doping back in the day? And then when, when they found out that he made an incorrect statement, he went to prison, didn't he? Yep. Six months, I think it was. I don't remember who that was. I want to I want to know why Jack Dorsey has not already been prosecuted for lying to the American people. He went on with a bunch of other, other crap. Um, you know, we believe a key driver of a thriving public square is the fundamental human right of freedom of, of oppression and, 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 and opinion. Every bit of this statement that he made was knowingly false. One of the things that I don't like. Um. Oh, at one point he goes on to say our algorithms were unfairly filtering 600,000 accounts, but we fixed it. We fixed it. And it wasn't just conservatives. It was, it was everybody. It was, just, it was just a glitch is how they've tried to frame it. If we were the United States of America that in which our, we had founders, do you think some people might have been perp, not only perp walked at this point, but maybe shot at sunrise? Because didn't we used to shoot traitors? We got a whole lot of them right now. And I better see some perp walks. All right, going to take a break. When we come back, I am going to finally tell y'all the whole thing, the big dust up today about Elon Musk picking his pronouns and what that's got to do about Anthony Fauci. Andrea Kay, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight. So Elon Musk tweeted out today, my pronouns are prosecute forward slash Fauci. 
<laughs> I like it. He says that coming soon, we're going to actually uh, start getting some more information out that has to do with Fauci. I don't like the dribs and drabs. You know, do do I think that uh, Elon Musk is doing a good thing by releasing uh, the Twitter files? Yeah, but I think the way he's going about it is is cheeky. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, his response to Carrie Lake um, was not appropriate to me. He is not a full free speech guy, not by any stretch of the means, or he would he would not have responded that in regards to Carrie Lake's lawsuit that, um, you know, uh, I can't even remember now what he said was, uh, you know, basically extreme criticism uh, of elections. I mean, you know, how do you even how do you even qualify that? Um, but but just in this particular case, I like that. I, I like that he's taking he, he's mentioning that Fauci needs to be prosecuted. And I also like that he's doing it in the form of mocking the pronoun thing. Although Scott Kelly, Senator Kelly, who's married to Gabby Giffords, uh, Scott, Kel- uh, Scott Kelly, who's Mark Kelly's brother, tweeted this. Elon, please don't mock and promote hate towards already marginalized and at risk of violence members of the LBGT plus community. They're real people with real feelings. Furthermore, Dr. Fauci is a dedicated public servant whose sole motivation was saving lives. Um... Wow. Um, This was somebody who actually was smart enough to make it into the astronaut program and actually fly into space. And then you read something like this and you think, how does he leave the house every day without a piano falling on his head like in a cartoon? We need to be mocking this situation. And let me tell you what occurred to me today and what bothered me about this. He doesn't mention suicides here, but this is so abusive to me. Do you know that in abusive relationships, one of the most toxic things that domestic abusers use, particularly men, but girls and women and girls and women do it too, to keep somebody in an abusive relationship, they threaten to kill themselves. So the notion that we have to go along with, and we've talked many times about how this LBGT, and we'll get into more about Fauci next hour in the show, but I just wanted to raise this here uh, as though uh, with this with this response from Scott Kelly, the idea that if you don't go along with something I want, I'm going to kill myself, is a, is a tactic of abuse and control. One of the key ways that an abusive husbands keep their women in their marriages and in their relationships. And I thought it, it, it made me so mad today that I thought we've got to be screaming about this because it hadn't occurred to me before. It hadn't occurred to me that all this, oh, uh, threats of violence that they're going to be murdered or, or commit suicide was, I hadn't, it hadn't, I hadn't really connected the dots between that and abusive relationships until I saw this today. And then it really made me mad. And I thought, you know what? Isn't that exactly what's going on with this community? It started out as tolerance. Then it became about validation. Now it's about forced participation. And in the course of forcing the particip- participation, if you dare to not participate, they're going to try to bully you into it and manipulate you into it and abuse their way into it with, with hanging potential suicides and violence around your neck. It's just despicable to me. Absolutely despicable to me. Just like Fauci is. And to think also that he goes on to say, dedicated public servant. Who's buying that crap? Who's believing that nonsense? I don't know. None, none of my listeners are. Not from the emails I get. And email me at andreacasio.com. Our call in line is 888-344-1170. We're going to take a skinny, tiny little break. We'll be back for hour two, so don't you go away. Come on back.
General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.